Hello all, welcome back. I'm Aaron Wogelanter, and this is Around the Shabbos Table. Don't worry, Shabbos was not desecrated in any way, shape, or form in the production of this show. As always, we are a production of the Intentional Jew Podcast Network. You can go check us out on intentionaljew.com. And now, come join us around the Shabbos table. Today we have with us an awesome guest, Ellie Goldsmith. Ellie is a booking agent and he's the founder of Unity Inspired Projects. He's also the program director of Breslov Israel. You might know him from his YouTube channel. Today we're going to talk about unity. We're going to talk about truth. We're also going to talk a lot about the recent Joe Rogan controversies, why we think he is so popular, both amongst us as Jews and in the world. What it shows about the world that millions and millions of people are jumping on Joe Rogan's podcast show. We have with us Ellie Goldsmith of United Souls, and he's really um, working hard. We'll hear from him to to bring things together under under a huge umbrella and to bring out the beauty and the simcha of things, um, of Torah, of life, of Judaism. And we're very, very lucky to have him here, and I'm happy to uh, to be able to continue this conversation with him um, from, from last time. And if you don't, if you don't know who he is, he will tell us, but you can find him. Um, he's co-hosting right now. One of his major things is that he co-hosts Breast Love Israel, Breast Love English. You can find them on, on YouTube, really just wonderful, um, conversations with Rav Arush and conversations about living a better life and living a, a truthful life. Rev Ali, before we before we start, just for anybody who didn't listen to episode one, they should go back and to listen to episode one. But can you tell us just uh, you know what what you're up to today? What's United Souls? Where where is the where is it going? Um, where is it now? And uh, let us into some of that beauty. Amazing, Aaron. It's a real pleasure to join you again. I want to thank you for your time. We had a nice uh, pregame discussion. It was very important. Hopefully, only uh, constructive because you know it's always delicate ground when you're discussing how you can go forward and what best to learn from and how to really take what we discussed in our first interview, which was episode two, I believe, in your Toro, uh, Think Toro podcast, that um, after re-listening to it recently, that's what got me inspired to come back to you and offer, you know, because I, I don't mind being open that it was my request to do this again, because I, I felt one, your interview style is is great and i've been enjoying your podcast content you know with your father and your other guests and i get a lot out of what you're doing um so i really wanted to make a next level because i feel that the last year and a half since we spoke there's so much that's happened uh, with the corona challenge and with our personal lives and also on a global level we're in 2022 already you know, I think that was in the end of 2020 when we had the podcast, if I'm correct. Right. We still thought Corona was going to finish in a month. You know, we, we thought it was going to be over. <laughs> As always, there was those two weeks, just those two more weeks. You know, you know that was the quote going, going, they're still making that joke, you know, just another two more weeks. 
so yeah, unfortunately, you know, it, it didn't speed, speedily get resolved, even though there's been a very complex uh, play, like the way you explain it, downplay, or if you replay what happened this last two years or more, and actually think about it, it's maddening in a certain level. So really for thinking Jews and thinking people, we have to <clears throat> strategize together through these podcast avenues that we are doing today. How can we bring a better future for ourselves, for our family, for the world, you know, to just think that we're only here just, you know, to make a living and to have a purposeless life. I don't think that is correct at all. And that's one thing I call people out on that we do have to think about what, what are what's and what's our why's. As Tony Robbins wisely points out again and again on his platforms, we have to know what we're doing this for. We have to know why. And Ravorish as well always discusses, we have to know the big da. We have to have a reason for what we're doing in, in this world, a reason to etra, the purpose, the mission, the shlichut. And that's something which each of us has to develop a deep understanding of what that is. And the more we understand that, the more we have clarity that we have that mission. And it's not just an individual mission. It has a communal aspect. It has a universal aspect. The more we know and clarify that mission, the more we can make impact, the more we can generate the energy, the resources, the talent, the skills to put out content, to live the content that we're putting out, to make it more part of our life in a real way, and to share episodes like this that really bring about change. You know, you, I think the name of your website is Intentional Jew. Yeah. So having that intentional way of being, mindfulness, and not just being whatever is a big, big part of everything I believe in, especially now that I'm very much in this last few years focused in on the United Souls uh, course, book, projects, the whole idea of unity bookings. I'm trying to bring more and more people together through online events. And thankfully, there have been in-person events as well, even with the challenges of this last two years, um, mostly from this in black, personally, for the in-person events. And he has been my main artist that shines um, globally and in our own studio with Rav Voris. He's done some beautiful um, classes together with the Rav. And he, for example, is a massive role model in this journey. And I really appreciate his friendship and I respect him tremendous amount in what he's doing. And I, I really hope that um, these kind of artists like Nissan Black who who I have the pleasure to work with, there's opportunity grows for those, for those talents to be performed. And it's up to us, people who have podcasts, people who have um, connections in the communities to make those opportunities real. Um, and do you think that people, just do you think about, that he's actively teaching people yeah. how to find their why and how to find their purpose? Or that for, for me personally, it's watching someone who lives with so much purpose um, through his music and through his, his conversations that he has, that he puts out, um, watching that, that's personally, but do you think he actively teaches this as well? I think that that's a really important question that you just pointed on because that's definitely my, my intention. If you want to know what my intention is, it's, I don't want to just build my content and my platforms and my connections. I really want to help people to be more empowered. If they want to learn with me, I offer it weekly. I have a course. I'm happy to do these kind of interviews. 
whatever way people need it, if they want to talk to me directly, I believe that. that to, to comment on someone else, I don't know like, if, if I can have the ability to evaluate that for Nissan Black. But I do say that someone who's so impactful on a, on a large level through music and through words of wisdom that he's bringing from people like Ravorish, his teachers, Rabbi Nachman, He's, he's providing a bridge to the next generation and to many people that would not hear that kind of message. So that in itself should push us all to want to do that more. Like the amount of feedback I get from his fans and not just that, from creatives and artists, DJs, musicians, promoters. I mean, I've, every day I have people hitting me up. Who, who does his music? Who, how can I, you know, do a... A collaboration song with him how can i this how can i that? all the time with nissan black coming to me asking to get in touch with him check out my latest tracks they hope maybe through him they'll have a break or they'll be able to do some mutual project together yeah so just the just for me personally it's the amount of constant flow of traffic of people the effect he's having on people and i'm not even the manager so if you go to his actual site and you check out who is like the person to reach out there's the management email that's not me yeah but because i've been associated with him all these years and i do do his bookings so people know my name people know my number people know my email people reach out endlessly some at least the three or four people a day if not more and uh it's amazing you know it's it shows that he's impacting people uh and the circle and the sphere of influence he has is massive in in the jewish world and beyond and that that's that should push people like myself and people like you and other people listening to this to want to also generate an impact to motivate people to become more creative to believe in their mission you know that ability to believe that you can do something special in the world if you listen to some of his songs that's for sure the message you know like change and higher just check out those tracks you know and ravorish himself we just put out a little clip today it's very important now to get the content more and more condensed so one of the things I'm posting constantly now is Reels and TikTok because that's where, unfortunately, the, the content space has moved to. The long-form podcast has grown, thank God, and that's what we're doing. So there's that balance between the long-form content that people are looking for because they want to actually hear a full conversation. And then there's the very condensed form of content. I think the in-between like, is not so popular right now. It's not uh, trending so much of like did how it used to be five, 10 minute, 50 minute content is not really what people are interested in. They're looking for that very short burst of information. So I put out a reel today from Rav Orish's office and it was based an edited version of one of his larger speeches of a clip. And Rav Orish himself is aware of this. We once had on our podcast, a Muna podcast, a Muna class with Rav Orish, we had Mayor Kay. And Mayor Kay was very clear to point out to the Rav how important those one-minute clips are. And the Rav himself showed his awareness that he's doing that. So he's managed to bring very long classes into very short statements. And that is impactful. And he's aware of that power. And the reel that I put out today was all about believing in yourself. And that is the key to Amuna or any of the Torah hashkafas that we learn. If you don't have belief in yourself, it's not going to really be true Amuna. It's not going to really work. You know, I, I mentioned this at my Shabbos table, just the Shabbos had a few guests 
special guest, thank God. And someone uh, from one of the yeshivas mentioned this Sidka, Sidka Sedek, yeah? I think it's uh, from the from Rav, Rav Sodek. Yeah? Rav Sodek Cohen brings down this uh, concept of believing in yourself. Yeah, so he mentioned Abdel. that, yeah, the Minu, and we just had the Pasha not so long ago, and we got Zion Adda coming up um, next week. It's already where today's Rosh Chodesh Adda. So we have in the Ruchnius world a connection to the idea of Moshe Rabbeinu, Funny enough, my soulmate's birthday is on Zainada as well, and her name is Masha, which is similar to Moshe. It's funny, she's a bit of a Moshe Rabbeinu in my life, Baruch Hashem. But the idea, she's the, the concept of having his kashras, a connection to a sadik, to a righteous person, someone to guide you, a spiritual guide, a guru, or, or a madrich, or in the world nowadays, I suppose it would be a, someone to help you with development, or um, a I don't know, a contractor or a council or there's all different ways of describing who that person would be in your life. But the, for me, it's a lot, mostly my soulmate, honestly, or my, or my rebellion. Um, but you need to have someone to look up to and join to a higher mission that they're living. You know, one of the reasons why Rav Oresh is sick is simply that he's, his extensive schedule, it's ridiculous. And I've mentioned, I think on the previous time we spoke how extensive his schedule was we did manage thank god in this year and a half since we last spoke to get an amuna tour done we made it to new york and first to miami then to new york we were by gedalia fenster and then up in new york by the you know the community there in shiners and, and monty and then and to other parts of new york thank god in five towns we were with the meaningful people podcast managed to do an episode there and also by uh Staten Island, a few other locations. It was amazing to be able to connect with so many communities and the Lighthouse Tour Project, all the different people and friends we had in, in Miami, New York. And there's been a big request to come to Los Angeles and because of the challenges, we delayed it and now the Rav's not well. And there's been a big request to come to Brooklyn, to come to the UK. Personally, I made it to the UK, thank God, for family reasons. And also with Nissan Black, I went uh, as a tour manager with Nissan Black to Manchester and London. And I saw how much people wanting to connect in person. And I saw how much people want to connect to people who are inspirational, like Rav Orish, Nissan Black. They want to connect in person in an intense need to have that kind of connection, especially with everything we've gone through. I think it's just intensified. And, you know, the fact now that the Rav's been ill has meant a lot of people have reached out um, you know, in a really deep, concerned way for his health, not just for the health of the Rav and, and him, but because of their need to have a connection to the Rav, that it's a real need. It's not like a superficial, um, you know, how's he doing, like, oh, a famous rabbi is not well. It's an actual personal need, some of the messages I get. They need the Rav to be healthy. They need him in their life as part of their, their journey and their growth in Yiddishkai and their growth in and we shouldn't underestimate the importance of inspiring people in our life and how much it gives fuel to what we're doing. And uh, that's a big point to, to bring out, that we should um, be like laps in encouraging inspirational content. Like I all the time, want to, as I mentioned in the previous episode, give shout outs to those who inspire me and not to neglect that mission. Um, I would say the same thing in, uh, 
you know, with, with the non-Jewish content, which I'd like to discuss, you know, in terms of podcasts out there, this big, massive industry now, the podcast world and all the controversy that's been going on because it's provided a, a more less filtered form of media than we'd get through news channels or other methodologies. It's a very open uh, space up until recently. And hopefully we'll, we pray that it will stay open Right. So I really wanted to, cl- I wanted to clock back for a second, just to ask you to sort of send it in this direction that um, you mentioned that we're watching this very funny thing now that either it's very short, quick, you know, entertainment pieces that we're looking for, even when we're looking yeah. for inspiration or it's like super long, um, you know, longer than 45 minute podcast episodes that people can put on. And, and we see that um, we see that go and we're trying to strike the balance in terms of content. But why do you think people, from your vantage point and from creating content, why do you think people are interested in, and there's a bikush for so much long form content. Um, it just keeps on being produced and being popular. Why do you think that people are, are drawn towards that? And what is it? Maybe it's not the form, but I think, no, it's a, this is a valid question because people need both. And that's the, that's the reality. The, the TikTok culture that we can't deny you know, if you check out Gary V, how much he's pushing people to head towards TikTok now, um, that makes us have to think, how do we condense our videos? How do we condense to the key moments? And how do we develop content that's impactful enough for that momentary blast to compete with the, the kind of... <laughs> but then, obviously, what's going to happen with that intense pounding of content that the TikTok creates and all these reels and WhatsApp statuses, what it's going to, and stories and Instagram and stories even now on YouTube, what it's going to do on the other side is say, well, now I need to hear the fuller picture. I, I actually, I, sorry, I see that guy. I see him, as they say, I see you. Yeah. I see that person, but now I want to actually get to know them. So how oh, many that's get terrific. To Ellie, that is incredible. I love it that they play into each other. They're not two separate two yeah. separate things. They play into no, each other. They, Incredible. That's the that's how everything flows in in in, in, in creation. There's no like disconnect. So the fact that the, the that middle level content sort of not as important right now. It's that very like brief advert promo, promo intense burst of some form of inspiration or lesson or something right. not contextualized you totally up. not contextualized yeah. yeah now i need now i need to go and it's not going to be enough to go to wikipedia because it's going to be some agendas reason version with what they chose to pinpoint in that person's life or it's going to be like some you know googled version but google has its agenda as well like everything's very agenda ridden so every time you go back to, to the big media or to the general outlets that are available and try to discover someone it's going to be a very limited, very superficial view. So then you're going to say, well, where is the deeper mess? I want, I'm, it's not going to satisfy my personality to hear that superficial version of that person. Like what, what's so amazing about a movie is not just the, the, the power of the characters you have and the personalities you have, but it's also the ability to, learn and develop a relationship with those people through the time that you're spending with them. The character development. Yeah. Yeah. You, you start to, cause look, once again, we, we're not having as much in-person experience. I mentioned that before with the global tours and things like that. It's everything's gone much more online. So we have to create content that's as if you're sitting with those people. 
So we have to create content that you're sitting at their table and you're having a chat and a chill like you would with your friends back in the day. And we're all very nostalgic for those times. You know, I, I have my key group of friends. I rarely, rarely get those opportunities to actually sit with them and bond like I used to almost monthly or maybe even more. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. Why? Because, and even if there's no restrictions to that kind of setup right now, let's say internationally, they're no longer like as accessible, their countries or it's complicated to get there or the way life is now, everything's more quick and fast and people have less time or they're just struggling with their relationship with their spouse. So they need to invest more time on that or on their children. The, the, the struggles that we're going through take away less social experiences in my opinion for whatever reason however you want to explain why but that's what's happening so when you listen to a podcast say like joe rogan and you hear a very relaxed conversation and like you wisely pointed out in our pre-game that there's there's no right like he's not coming with a list of questions and an agenda and i i meant added on it's not like paparazzi style like journalist style where he's trying to like get some message out of the guest he's not doing that he's just talking to the guy from his space to their space and allowing them to be present and real. Maybe they might have an agenda, maybe, but he's the kind of guy that that's not really going to flow and work for them to just focus on their agenda. He's not going to let it because he's a strong person. He's not going to just let it be on one thing or what that trying to bring out about some, some message or something. He just doesn't work that way because he's minds all over the place. He's a comedian. He's thinking out of the box. He's asking questions all over the place. He's, he's having fun. He is playful. And this is the kind of content which people are very drawn to. Now, if you have a question, this I discussed on Shabbos night with my guests, and even though Joe Rogan doesn't really deserve to be at my Shabbos table, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the full sense, like maybe one day I'll be a guest if he wants, you know, the door's open, but not the, not the some of the content doesn't deserve to be at my Shabbos table. By the way, I'm not, sure shouting him out, Rogan, I'm not sure shouting him out on my yeah. podcast is going to get them to your Shabbos table. I'm not sure he's a listener no, yet. I don't think it will. <laughs> Um, I would like to be able to pass the children with Joe Rogan or, you know, whatever it is in Lachaim, but I would, I, I would invite, you know, someone like that to my house. Thank God I have had all kinds of interesting guests over the year, over the years, thank God. But the point is that the conversation still, even with those kind of guests, it still has to be Shabbistic. You know, there's halachas, there's rules, there's my family. You know, I still have a Ruchnias flow of focus that's Shabbos. And Shabbos means as you know, but nevertheless, we discussed at our table about Joe Rogan and we discussed about the recent controversy. And we also discussed about the Jewish approach. Is this okay for Jewish people to consume this kind of content? So, I mean, I'd like to hear from your point of view because I know you do consume it. What do you say, Aaron? I think, I think it's very important for, for this specific. I do think that there's, you know, again, like you, even on a regular day, there's, there's halachas and there's, um, Nebo Pat, and there's things that maybe you know he goes off onto tangents to things that I'm not as comfortable. But that's just as a disclaimer. I think that it's important to be able to, um, if I could take the mic for a second here, but I think it's important to be able to see wisdom and truth from without the Torah, because then you come back to the Torah, to the Torah wisdom, and you realize it's a lot deeper, and it, it perhaps is a lot more true. But to see uh, Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson, who are not Torah scholars, but they touch on so much of what we've been saying, we've been sitting and screaming for years, and they touch on that and they understand it, um, it gets you, lets you come back and appreciate it. And I think that they are wise people, the two of them specifically, and there are others on that list. But I think that 
Jorgen has the biggest platform and he's, he's wise and he's wise because he's curious and he's interested in things and he's respectful. And I think that's how you, you can, you can, with good midos, you can learn truth. So I think he definitely has that. Yeah. So I, I want to touch on a bunch of points there that have really been on my mind the last week or so that you just brought up. And I think it will help people listening in with their real real life challenges of what they spend their time with. I think that we as a people right now have an opportunity to develop a lot more awareness, a lot more communicative skills. We can start to really bridge a lot of gaps um, individually and communally and globally. I think that we need to do it. I think there's an urgency. And I think someone like Joe Rogan, who's an expert communicator, can help us, even if we never meet the dude, but just to listen to how he communicates, how he's able to have discussion with such a range of people. There's so much that we can learn. We have to believe that there's wisdom amongst the nations and we have to learn from them how to do our job better because our job is all We have to be a light unto the nations. And we're at a point where we can't putter ourselves from that khiv. And you'll say, where's the khiv? Okay, I'm not a rav. I'm not a, this is my disclaimer. I'm not a dyan. I'm not a posek. I'm not a professor. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical professional. I'm Ellie Goldsmith. That's it. That's all I am. No, no, no titles. I'm not a psychologist, a therapist, nothing. But I'm a, a yid. I'm a neshama. I'm a soul. And my concept is that on a soul level, I have value. And on soul level, without all those titles, there's value by every person you meet. And you can learn from everyone. That's what we're obligated to do. A chokhmah, a wise person who's able to learn from everyone. And I believe on that level, there's what I have to say from my experience growing up not religious in the secular media, London-focused world, and then being able to enter into Eretz Yisrael and join together, thank God, with such holy people, and at the same time to join together with so many musicians and, and talented souls and wonderful teenager risk people who I dealt with for many years, all the, the kids I had the merit to teach on the streets as Midnight Rabbi. With, based on all that experience, as well as opening my mind up to consume a, a large amount of content online, based on all the big influence and thought leaders, combining it with years and years before that, learning intensely the Torah thoughts and Torah guidance of, of our leaders and Rabbanim, if I put it all together, now that I'm going to be 42 in another week or so, thank God, that I have the opportunity being this in this place to make a big point to everyone. They all have the power to initiate change in online to impact their network in a positive direction, not to get caught up in all this, the, as uh, Joe Rogan always puts down, another wise comment of his, not to get caught up in the comment section and start getting all involved with these little minute arguments about this way and that way, and not to spend hours of time looking for controversy, rather looking for truth, looking for facts that are based on factual proofs and being able to connect to people who talk and live what they say and aren't agenda-ridden, to find that kind of niche group of people that are out there like joe rogan i mentioned it last time said we need to create a cool crowd i don't know if i mentioned it last time maybe on a different podcast we need to create a new cool crowd the hollywood crowd 
is no longer, in his opinion, and I agree, cool. They're not cool. They're damaging. Yeah, let's be honest, majority of them. I'm sure there's some good people amongst them, good points about them, but on an obvious level, they've become overly indulgent, overly self-worshipping, and their opinions are not for the good of humanity, generally. Yeah? Yeah. Most people agree. Um, I don't like to create disunity or make any thing. I'm sure there's some amazing people in, amongst Hollywood that are trying to make the best of it, but it's an obvious like culture that's become decadent. There's something wrong about it. Yeah. Um, the, the divorce rate is just an example. Yeah. An obvious example. Yeah. To be able to have people that are loyal to their spouse, to have people that are loyal to values, are loyal to truth, loyal to meaningful content, meaningful lives, meaningful focus this needs to be the cool crowd this is the the kind of content needs to be popularized and the reason is it's not just for me and i meant i think i mentioned this previously but it needs to be also for the new generation how are they going to connect into content that's going to inspire them to be loyal to their spouse to be inspire them to live for values to have purpose to to know their what why what they're doing here if they're not there's no way to ever talk to them because they're so lost in the general flow of nonsense yeah so we have a responsibility to make sure we're there like i get a lot of joy knowing that my kids every so on watch my classes and that's not with me forcing them i'm putting it up every week they told me yeah tati i watched your youtube class today it was great i love the guests i love and even even they watch my own class just what i say which you know surprises me because i you know, that's going to be less popular than having a guest or having a Rorish. And they they get into my class because they want to hear from their tatty. And, you know, I'm not a perfect person. Like my daughter said to me the other day, said, all your mind, your mindset, your outlook, I'm totally into it. Like, I agree. Your he headspace, is, I'm, your ashkafa, your way of doing things, I'm, I'm admire it. And I want to, you know, I, I see you as a role model on that thing. Other things, how you are as a person, I'm not so interested. All right, fine. So she's worked out how she appreciates me as a person. And I'm not a perfect person, so she doesn't want to be completely like me. But there's certain ideas and content that I'm working with that she does want to be connected to. And that, for me, is a big victory as a father that if I would have stayed offline and I just have a day job, yeah, just doing making money and paying my bills and had no mission to impact or change, so my own daughter would not hear my voice. How is she going to hear it? The Shabbos table, there's guests or there's fights between siblings. Like, how are they going to hear my voice? So funny enough, through online content, they're hearing my voice, my kids. So that's just one, one point. It's funny. That's part Second of like points, my, back. part of my, my, the thing here with around the Shabbos table is a, to inspire Shabbos table conversation in podcasts, but also to come back and inspire Shabbos tables. They should also be, you know, you, every Shabbos table can be essentially a Joe Rogan episode where you're just, or around the Shabbos table episode where you're just searching, curious, looking for truth. Yeah. And I think that it's totally like the kind of vibe that that's the kind of Joe Rogan I'd want to have in my house for Shabbos and uh, including you, obviously you're always invited, you know, if you and your wife and family are around, we're in Jerusalem, we try not right now. We haven't had so many guests because our focus has been on, family dynamics 
and the children. And that's also really important that people need to first fix their own dilemmas before they can go global. And that's been my reluctance on a certain level, not to be overly public, not overly push my message, because I still have so much to work on. So there's always that balancing act. And I think as someone who wants to be a mushpeer and influencer, the first thing you have to mushpeer is yourself and your spouse and your, and your children before you can truly really manifest that ability. And that means patience. There needs to be a lot of patience in the process that it's not enough just to have the cool latest, you know, camera and apps and, and podcast equipment to make a good show. You have to be the best person from within. And that's why I constantly push people to work on their inner world. The United Souls focus is on the soul level, the inner level. That's the kind of inner work we need to do to really make a difference. We have to tune into a, a more deeper level of soul. And that, once again, go back to Joe Rogan, for example. He's doing that on a, in, a, in a way, say, for example, you brought up Dr. Peterson's episode. Unbelievable. Jordan Peterson came on and for four hours gave over. Other than, you know, the JC part, gave over a tremendous amount of Torah wisdom, in my opinion. Like he's worked his mind till a breaking point where he's so raw and so in tune with wisdom that he's come up with thoughts that we can just open up a Zohar or go to a good cheer and they'll be spanning, you know, they'll be giving over. We'll see it in, in black and white in our holy books. And he's worked as a non-Jewish soul to attain those levels that we get easy. Yeah. We don't internalize them. Maybe he's internalized them. He's feeling we have to learn from that. How much amazing and effort we have to use our brain to think and to internalize on the heart level that we, we should be crying when we're talking about these things like he is on a certain level. I don't know if it's always from pure emotions, like maybe he's got some emotional damage as well from his personal journey, but nevertheless, we have to work it through the Torah and what we're doing in a real way that affects our emotions. This concept of united soul shouldn't just be an intellectual concept or rhapsodic and Siddhartha said it shouldn't just be an intellectual believing in yourself. No, you have to really work on believing in yourself to the point where it causes you and you have it so clear, the why and the what. It's so, it's so impactful to yourself that you start doing things about it, like having this podcast episode. You start posting online content that actually makes people think and, and want to have a more spiritual connection. You start enabling people out there to also come onto your platform and to impact with their wisdom. You don't just watch as a, you know, not, not a participant in the opposite. You're just a, a spectator. Right. You're just taking a, yeah, bystander. There's loads of that going on. And I don't think the Jewish people, our people are meant to be bystanders. I think that a lot of, thank God, Jewish people have, are very impactful, but not enough. I don't think we're doing enough. I think we're still caught up with our, with our spectator experience. And I think the internet, the way we should use the internet is to be must be is to be influencers, not in a in an ego way, not in a negative way, in a purely soulful, uplifting, inspirational way. We're not trying to put anyone else down. We're not trying to say we're better, but just to to fulfill our purpose. And that we would look be to a connect. Very... I think that that's something we can learn from him. Also, I, I we look yeah. to connect to people and look to connect ideas. There's very little different. Oh, there's there's a difference. I want a vaccine. You don't want a vaccine. Okay, 
that's a difference. Yeah. But there's we can understand each these, other, and I these think these differences shouldn't divide us. They there's shouldn't no define reason. us, then divide us. That's no, that's the point. It should not define us. It shouldn't. That that that's a big mistake which is going on with the governments and the media. They're trying to define us into the very small boxes of you know, are you doing this or are you doing that? And that makes you a certain status. Social status is a deadly dangerous thing. And we should not allow the government, we should not give them power or any of these these so-called people that want our good, which they don't. We should not give them power to make these kind of decisions. We should have freedom of movement, freedom of speech, and we should be free to, to, to be our full selves. And we could not allow the people in power to take that away they should if they've been put in power they're to serve the people not to serve themselves and if they're serving themselves overly we need to vote them out of power and stop you know fiddling around with that right yeah? also um, when it comes to like unified and everyone i think it's very interesting that we talk about a lot um we're very scared of cancel kosher in in our communities in the jewish communities we're very afraid um, that this thing is, you know, sort of being rampant. And we're seeing it now with Joe Rogan and Dr. Peterson, and we're seeing it with all over. It's This is not the only one, but we're seeing how, you know, Neil Young said that he's out with the music because of uh, because of, of Joe Rogan. And there's just, it's very, everything's trying to be very divisive. And then we look uh, into the Jewish community and we're, we talk about it and we pretend that it doesn't exist with us. But I think that we're, we're mushba from there without watching the episodes were, were mushba from that. And uh, it's the opposite of unity and it's not coming to bring, to, to, to bring diversity and um, unity essentially to people. And I, I think that that's something very, like you touched upon, I touched upon it, but I think that that's a really important, uh, a really important point that we have to look to bridge differences and not to make more differences and drive wedges in between people. Um, I think that's something we can yeah. learn from from him and a lot of a lot of big podcasters and a lot of just the podcasting world brings it up because it's long form, as you mentioned, and it's uh, gives that vulnerable kind of place to live in. I think that we can learn from that and we need to create that. Yeah, I mean, I was I was very hurt personally when I saw Brene Brown is, you know, seemingly come out against certain podcasts, you know, that bothered me because she's someone who for many years I was into her books and right. her speeches and, and even her podcast recently. And it just, it saddened me that this somehow someone got to her, some political agenda or something. I don't, it's hard for me to believe it's only from her, like her own influence. Cause based on reading her things, it didn't seem like she would gone on that path. So I just feel like a lot of people uh, are no longer able to be totally sincere and authentic and, and open-minded so they can unify with others. So that made that made me not so much personally upset with Brene Brown. I'm sure she'll be okay. Hashem will help her. But the, the I, and for sure I'm praying for jo, Joe Rogan's podcast. Would you believe I'm praying for it that it should not get closed down, or shut down, or, or even know, episodes even if, deleted. Yeah, yeah. It's it, because we need this kind of content available. We need the the messages of truth of facts to be available and stop this whole misinformation focus. It's, it's not about, there's no, it's no such thing as misinformation if you're able to communicate properly. So as long as the paths of communication are still available, then you can very quickly clarify misinformation. It's just a matter of communicating, yeah? So we need to keep the process of communication much more developed, much more unified. And that's what comes back to my United Souls. I'm putting out 
on a weekly or bi-weekly level a on subs subs substack is that the name the substack is the platform and i'm putting out there ellie goals in the substack it's a new flow letter every every two weeks uh, with extracts from my united souls book and because i didn't find the right editor i didn't find the flow that the book was just going to go out and be published in its complete form yet it just didn't happen so maybe i need more time to develop it but i have the book and the point is i, I want extracts i want little concepts week by week or every two weeks to get those concepts of unity of united soul of connection on online that people can read it there are going to be videos there for my weekly content as well maybe some pictures and links how to connect you know more in terms of you can share the content you can message me directly i want to be available i've even put my phone number i think there so you can whatsapp me directly i i'm available like i'm obviously I, there's boundaries i have to be with my family I, I put my phone in airplane mode in fact three phones i put them in airplane mode i have to sometimes you know have my boundaries as well but the point is that on a daily level i do get hit up a lot and i want to do that because on an intentional level I want to create the realm of communication. We have to be able to communicate. If we're not communicating, then we're not going to be able to get past all these obstacles. Like I'm sure you put Brene Brown on Joe Rogan's show, she won't be against him anymore. It's just a matter of having a conversation. Yeah? Most of these people, just put them together. Let them talk. And it will, a lot of this like behind-the-scenes Twitter negative energy that's going on is because they're not communicating. They're all doing it from their... From, from their high positions in different places, or even in their low positions if they're more humble kind of person, but it's, they're not bridging. And that is a lack of connection that we have to understand the internet is a tool. We're not the tool of the internet. The internet doesn't own us. So we have to intentionally start to impact the internet. I, I have a, a community I'm part of with a, a famous internet person called Jeff Pulver. And he's one of the people who's encouraged my course, United Souls, and please go and restart it again, the actual course um, in March, I'm hoping. And the goal is to constantly educate people about tools of the internet, tools of communication, tools of inspiration and creativity. He has some of his own passions, which you know I don't 100% connect with, but still there's a lot of good stuff there, good people there. And um, it's amazing in that, that little community that he's created, I've learned so much from different kinds of people and very much tailored my message that it shouldn't be a religious message or any agenda message, just be about connecting with people and learning from them and they learn from me and there's a lot of development and it's, it's amazing and this, this gives me hope that the internet can be used in that way and in a constructive way. Um, you know, there was a recently he made a big summit and on this summit was all talking about Web3 and where the internet, where technology is going to be, the metaverse. And we have to know what's happening. And this is, this is one of the other points I want to point out that I mentioned in my Shabbos table and it connects to Jeff Rogan as a good opportunity to break this. The film world has become way too naive. We're not tuned in enough of current events that are relevant to us. We have to know what is going on technologically. We can't avoid it anymore. It's impacting our life. It cannot be ignored. We have to know how to use it correctly. We cannot uh, ignore the, the tremendous pull towards desires that is present in our generation. We have to take it on head on, know how to use those, 
those desires, those those pulls, those those emotional and physical needs in a healthy, channeled way. All these kind of things we have to figure out in a proactive way and not become reactive, not after the fact. I mean, look at Chila Ariba, as the Babsh Rebbe said. We need to know how to deal with the world. And he, the Babsh Rebbe was always ahead of the game. He was already busy with the radio and TV way before all the other communities. And Chabad itself was busy with the internet way before a lot of our, our communities woke up. And there's a certain look at Chila Ariba. We have to go into it, Asay Tov, Asay Tov, and get involved in doing good and impacting that, all those different levels of platforms and challenges and be involved in a proactive way rather than after the fact, like I went to Yeshiva and I'm happy to help this Yeshiva, Fish Yeshiva, and I, I, I might be doing a program there now, like reawakening the Midnight Rabbah, yeah? It's Misha Nicholas Adam Ambasimcha who create some positive programs and do some positive things, like back in the day when I was in there, Jake, Nets, all these Yeshivas, to go into that program and there's a large majority of the guys who are not engaged in the program, unfortunately, and they need help. And that means to come up with alternative ways to talk to them. And Rav Fisher himself, the Rashiva said to me that we need to use all the tools that are available nowadays for our children, for our youth. So we can't restrict ourselves. We can't limit ourselves because of previous Qumras and previous, um, you know, Yerushalayim reasons. We have to bring the Yerushalayim into all the tools into all the available methodologies to help the youth right now and figure out what is going to engage them in a program that makes their life more meaningful, more fulfilled. And that's something which takes energy and passion and open-mindedness and to once again to know what our mission is, know what our purpose is, know we're here, that we're not here to just spect be a spectator of all these developments and ignore it, ignore the internet, ignore the technological things, ignore the struggles the kids are going through. If we do that, we've failed in our purpose and being in this world, and we're not going to have joy from, we're not going to have nachas from life, God forbid. We have to wake up and become engaged in all these challenges, in all, take it on face on, really be motivated and proactive about it. And if we step back, we're in the podcast space. If you're not putting it out on a stronger level of marketing and guests and pushing the the message you're not fulfilling your purpose as a podcast host you have to step up a level i have to step up a level where someone who's coming on the show or my own podcast that i'm involved with Ravosh. we all have to be pushing ourselves like i was listening to a while with jakes i mentioned it in our pre-game with uh Rav Shai's Taub, and they were discussing his cashless to rebbe it the rebbe the one of the most impactful points of the bunch rebbe was that he was pushing all of closer like Ravosh as well has been doing through his Love of All People campaign. We have to push people to send in their names, to be involved, to be praying, to be doing, to be kind, to be learning. We have to get our Israel more involved in the world in a proactive sense that we are impacting, we're a light. We're, we have to, and it comes from that inner belief. That's where we come back to that concept of inner belief. We have to believe in ourselves fully to be able to, and that, once again, that's what I'm doing with United Souls is to bring souls together, to bring out that belief. People have creative skills. People have what to say. We had Shlomi Ziantz in the studio, and he's someone who believes in himself. I respect it so much. He, he's not, you know, working for an organization like that's paying all his bills, and he's got an easy situation. He's going out there, taking a risk, and trying to make impact people and travel around the world. I couldn't do it. I don't know if you could. Travel to all these locations, and he, he's willing to interact with all kinds of people, all kinds of nations, and after he's 
after the class, he spoke to Ravosh, and Ravosh was encouraging him. You've got to go. And this is the Siddiquim. If you go speak to the Siddiquim who are proactive and impactful in the world, they will encourage their students to do the same. Obviously, with boundaries, there's Shabbos and there's, there's rules, and you can't, there's, there's, there is some sort of boundary at how far our soul can do go, but we can also impact by keeping Shabbos. People know that we keep Shabbos, people know that we disconnect to reconnect. One of the biggest Kiddush Hashems I make on my online community is the fact that I turn off my phones once every week and that people know that. And that in itself reminds them they can. And even if they're not Jewish or they're not religious, they all say to themselves, I need to do that a little bit. I need to disconnect a little bit and reconnect. I need to have a little bit of that Shabbos experience of the, the Eddie Goldson scanning every week and or when it's Yom Tov even more. And that's the kind of impact we can have on business people, on all kinds of people. It's not just the, you know, the children. It's not just, you know, the, the students. It's, it's life. It's world. We're, we're human beings. We need to impact all of humanity, not just ourselves. Incredible. Incredible. I love that. It gives me so much energy to, uh, to get up and do things better and to, to, to be there, to be around, to uh, send out my stuff. So thank you very much. If there's anything... I, well, we'll end here. If there's anything else you want to um, you want to add in, no, I just want to thank you for hosting this. I my goal and dream of this episode is, and of my life personally, is United Souls bring people together to impact change, to bring more soulful experiences, more communication. Don't be afraid of the content that's out there. Try try internalize it in a way that helps you become a better person, and filter obviously all the not good and be able to be a, a messenger in your space of positive truth and to believe in yourself, to have true amuna, not just in Hashem, to believe in Hashem, but to believe in the souls of humanity, that we have a soul. And our soul is infinite and godly, and it's filled with beautiful potential and, and tremendous ability to love and embrace all kinds of family and friends. That there's, There should be no limitation of our ability to create unity in the world if we just get ourselves more and more mentally into that true headspace. And it's up to us. We, we have the tools. It's all within. And the wisdom is within. And we just really need to tune in. So you're creating a space that I can tune into your wisdom with your father and your guests. And I do. Whenever you put up a podcast, I listen. So I'm a fan. And the more content that's out there, the better. The less we'll get drawn into content that's not good for us, the more we're generating positive content. And uh, wish you success to keep doing it. Amen. Shkach, thank you for coming on and, uh, and sharing some of these messages with us.